There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. Hey, hey, everyone. Just wanted to hop on and thank you as always for listening to this podcast. It is such a labor of love. I have so much fun doing it. I would probably do it if no one listened, to be completely honest, because it's the coolest experience just being able to talk to really interesting people and ask them a bunch of questions and learn all the time. Um, But it's really humbling to see that so many people do listen to this podcast. And it's like, honestly, the coolest experience. So would you do me the biggest favor? And if you really do like this podcast, can you subscribe and uh, rate and review our podcast? That would mean the world. Um, We never, I never really know if people are just catching this one-off episode or if you guys are frequent listeners Um, and I really want to start tailoring the podcast to be so much more for you guys so if there's certain topics that you guys want to hear about definitely don't hesitate dm us on instagram let us know it's I am whim on instagram you can always let us know if there's a specific person that you want to nominate or you want to hear from on the podcast or just about a certain topic or you want us to dive into something more let us know And it would mean so much to me if you left an honest review. It can be that we suck. It can be that we're awful. (laughs) But I want it to be an honest, honest review. I don't even want to ask you to write something good necessarily. But of course, if you think we're good, then please write that in your review. Um, And then the last thing is if you do really do like this uh, this podcast, please share it. Share it with colleagues. Share it with friends. Um, We'd really love to grow this podcast to have it be even bigger and even better but so appreciate you listening even to this one episode and we really hope you tune in we've been doing this for over a year so there's a lot of cool content so many good people and like gems of episodes even from the very very beginning so um go through the library of episodes and um catch some oldies and goodies because they're they're really a lot of them Anyways, the last thing I want to mention is that we do have a few upcoming events. These are going to be so good, guys. So the next one up is all about burnout. Um, And I know that if there's any year or time of year that anyone's going to be feeling that, it's about now. Like things are ramping up for the holidays. It's been the most insane freaking year. We are going to have an incredible event hosted by Lisa Filippelli, who is a partner at Select, and she is one of our official WIM mentors, which is such a cool program. So passionate about that. 
And um, one lucky attendee of that event will win a one-hour, one-on-one mentoring session with Lisa, who is incredibly accomplished. She's hosting this event. It's about all about burnout and how to avoid it. And so to RSVP, go to imwim.com slash events. And you'll always hear me say, if you're an entrepreneur, write off that ticket. And if you work for a company, go ahead and expense it because this is absolutely for your career. All right, guys, we're going to dive into this week's episode. This one's a little bit different. So I sat down with the Influencer Collective. Um, We did an IG Live together a couple weeks back, and I thought I would share it on the podcast. Um, We were just chatting about all things influencer pay gap. Uh, It's such an important topic. We are a women's focused group, guys. So talk about a marginalized group of people we've been that historically and now we're talking about women of color experiencing that in the influencer space so this conversation could have lasted hours we tried to condense it into a shortened period of time i hope we did it justice and i hope you enjoyed today's episode i think we can go ahead and and dive in um a lot of you know me my name is laura i'm the influencer marketing and community manager at her campus media so i work with the influencer collective which a lot of you guys are part of um, and oversee our influencer programs and I'll pass it over to Jesse to talk a little bit about herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Jesse Grossman. Uh, I'm quarantining as well here in New York City. And I'm really happy to be here today and be speaking about this like hugely, hugely important topic. This is arguably like one of the most important topics in influencer marketing. So um, this is we should be having conversations like this all the time. But uh, a little bit about myself. So I run a really incredible uh, 501c4 networking organization called WIM, which stands for Women in Influencer Marketing. I hope some of our members have joined today. Um, we're just an incredible resource, a podcast, casting services, like all sorts of stuff um, aimed at women who work in the industry. Um, and we're we're about to launch like a reimagined membership. So can't be more. I'm so excited to chat about this today. It's so important, Laura. Yes, definitely. And thank you for all of that. Be sure to check women. Wh- whim? Do you say whim? I always say whim or whim. I go back whim. and forth. <laughs> whim, like women. <laughs> whim, like women. Perfect. My friend was like, you're saying it wrong. And I was like, you're right. So thank you for that. Be sure to check them out. They do amazing things. And it's just an incredible resource, especially if you're in the influencer community on the back end, but even as an influencer um, as well. So definitely be sure to check that out. Um, amazing. So let's dive into some questions. I saw that there are a few already coming into the chat, so we'll be sure to get to those as well. Keep putting them in there. Um, so first off, what is the influencer pay gap? So a lot of you are probably pretty familiar with the conversation. It's really centered around the fact that historically influencers of color, particularly black influencers have been paid a lot less for similar work when compared to white influencers, for example, who have similar metrics, similar content quality, et cetera. And I think I saw a comment asking, don't some influencers deserve to be paid more than others? Of course, that's um, definitely not what this conversation is about. Based on your metrics, the type of content quality that you're producing, all of those are definitely taken into consideration. But this is specifically looking at the gap between influencers of color and oftentimes gender as well. Um, So Jesse, why do you think this conversation is happening right now? And what makes it so important to talk about? I'm just happy that it's happening now. Um, I think that it's happening now because there are so many other similar conversations happening now, just mm-hmm. um, in culture, in you know different industries. Um, I think that you know even a few years ago when the you know the Me Too movement um, came yep. about, that was like 
the start of talking about, you know, women's rights a little bit more than were previously happening. Um, and then Black Lives Matter talking more about mm -hmm. race. So it's great. It's incredible to have these conversations happening. Like if it were up to me, we'd be having them so frequently because I feel like the more you have these conversations, the less stigma there is around it. Definitely. It just becomes easier to talk about and then the more change can happen. Um, and, you know, you guys were asking sort of, or you were asking, Laura, I guess, what, what is the influencer pay gap <laughs> in the first place? And, you know, it's, it, it is a generic sort of phrase because I do think that it really affects a lot of different people in the influencer yep. space. Um, but nonetheless, I think that, you know, if you feel like you sort of have an, uh, like a, an affinity towards one of those groups, you're like, I can really relate to that group. I would just encourage everybody to speak up for that you know, that group that you really um, connect with, um, because the more voices to negate the some of the unfortunate things that have gone on, the better. Definitely. And being an advocate for yourself and your community is so important. In a little bit, we'll dive into some of the things that you can do, whether you're on the influencer side, the brand side, the agency side to help this conversation and move it along. But I think that's super key. Um, and when it comes to influencer pricing in particular, I'd love to hear your thoughts on why it's so hard in general. You know, influencer marketing has been referred to as a wild, wild west a lot of times. It's definitely still a new industry in many cases. Um, so why is it so hard and what are some best practices to guide this conversation, whether you're a brand or an influencer advocating for yourself? So it is so important, like the comment that just came in. Um, I've heard that term, you know, it's the wild west for <laughs> years. We're literally, we're like in the process of rebranding our website. And I actually had copy on the website just like a day ago that said like, we don't want to hear it if you're saying it's the wild west. <laughs> like, we don't even want you to part of our group because like it shouldn't be anymore. It's, but it is. And I understand Definitely. it. So, you know, why it is. I, I think that it's, you know, everybody comes from influencer marketing in different ways from different yep. places. I think that's something that's pretty unique and special about our, our industry. Um, that's one of the things I love about it the most. So it's certainly not a negative thing, but it is, it is true. And so, you know, personally, I've always come at influencer marketing. My background has always been in talent representation. So mm -hmm. for me, when it comes to, you know, talking about the influencer pay gap, like I all day, every day will advocate for talent. Um, good talent to me is good talent. And none of these partnerships, right. in the influencer space would be able to exist without the talent. Influencer marketing would not be able to exist. Right. If we're not it's in the name. <laughs> it's in the name, right? And so it's just hugely important to just always have that perspective first and foremost. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, not everybody has that perspective, right? Like, brands are thinking about themselves and agencies mm -hmm. are thinking about themselves. And we do have to think about ourselves and look out for ourselves at the end of the day. But I think that the important thing as well is to think about the longevity of our yeah. industry. And um, if from the top up, right, like, or from the top down, sorry, from the if the if the people who are creating busting their butts to create this content in the first place, they're the photographers, videographers, copy editors, you know, the talent, obviously, and, and they're not getting properly compensated for their work, 
Mm-hmm. What do we have? There's no foundation to our industry and everything yeah. will crumble, truthfully. So I want a job in this industry in 20 years from now. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and if that's the case, which I would assume that it's yes, then we have to look out for these influencers who truly are the foundation of influencer marketing. Absolutely. I think you put that absolutely perfectly. And I would love to dive into sort of this role that we as agencies play, but also influencers as, and brands as well. Um, so I love that you talked about some of the things that you do on your end. At the Influencer Collective, we do a few things as well. Um, I think we take a kind of unique approach to micro-influencer campaigns specifically because we actually ask influencers to submit their own rates for projects based on the deliverables. A lot of micro-influencer agencies, um, and this is you know not against them or anything, but they go out with a blanket offer based on the follower range that you have. And we really recognize that it is so much more custom than that, right? It's like your engagement rate, how many sales you can drive, like what is your content quality looking like? How many share um, sales do you get? You know, things like that. So we try and look at the bigger picture. And then of course we make sure that based on the ROI that that influencer will drive or the, um, you know, the ethnic group that they're in, whatever it may be, we make sure that those are really equal. I can't tell you how many times I see black influencers in particular really undervalue themselves and, you know, they'll pitch a low rate. And I, my favorite thing to do is to bump them up when I see that they're asking for so much less than a different influencer of the same size. Right. Um, So what are some things that you think you can do, whether you're an agency or when you're having a conversation with a brand or even as an influencer to make sure that you're advocating for fairness across the board and that you're speaking up for your community? Ooh, that's such a good question. I know, it's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, um, if you have the confidence in your work product, that you should absolutely be able to command what you believe you you should. Um, you know, that being said, you have to have an education about what your worth your what your work is worth, right? Definitely. Um, you you gotta look around and you gotta have conversations like this within your own community. Let's say if you're an influencer and don't necessarily have representation yet, mm-hmm. um, but check your managers. I I, I am one like check <laughs> us and know that we're we're requesting appropriate rates for you. But I will just speak personally and say that in my experience, I'm not going to like, okay, let me not even preface it. In (laughs) my experience, I've always historically represented influencers of color. And some of those people, I would actually say most of those people have usually gotten more than their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. And it's really to be completely honest, like if I could articulate why that is, it's because I've always seen them as like their work is so unique. It's so special that I'm actually valuing it above others who are a little bit more generic. And so like in so many instances in in life, (laughs) we associate value with what we deem it is right like a Mm -hmm. product is worth what we say it's worth and so you know it's it's a it's twofold it's seeing what's out there in the marketplace seeing what people are commanding and then Mm -hmm. really taking a hard look at that content in particular and can you honestly say there's no other influencer like me like I am in my own lane which should always be the the preference like that should always be the goal Right. And if that's the case and your content is that unique, 
that absolutely commands a premium. Um, and again, like that should be the goal. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that's so key, especially you bring up a great point about how there's fewer influencers of color, right? Compared to the larger landscape. So in many cases, they should be demanding a higher rate because they have such a unique perspective and they're bringing something to the table. That's not a dime a dozen, right? Especially if you're in the micro influencer space where everyone is trying to be an influencer these days, you definitely have something unique to bring to the table. And we've actually gotten a ton of questions from our community surrounding media kits. Um, I would love if you have any thoughts on those. I know you as a manager probably package up your talent, you know, with slide decks or whatever you, you may do. But if influencers are pitching you for a product or you're looking for new talent, what are some of the key things that you look for to really make them stand out or to tell their story? So I'm going to say an unpopular opinion, maybe. I actually hate media kits. <laughs> and I'll tell Love the I'll, honesty. <laughs> I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. If you, you know, look, some people need them. That's great. <laughs> um, so you should have one. Um, but if you do, one of the first things to take off, your rates. Never have your rates yes, on a media kit. If definitely. you can take anything from this conversation today, take your rates off. And you know yes. why? It's because if you send out one rate to Target, let's say, and you send the same rate to some mom and pop shop that's based in like Tennessee for, you know, you right. obviously one of them is disproportionately valued, yep. right? Definitely. And to me, to be completely transparent again, it's, it's, that's like lazy. That's laziness to me. Like you, right. uh, to your point, Laura, you were saying before, there's so many intricacies that go into pricing. You have to yep. take into consideration at the very bare minimum, the amount of deliverables, the exclusivity, mm -hmm. the length and the category, yep. the usage rights. If there's whitelisting for how long across where all these different things at the very minimum. And so if you're just slapping a price, you know, my post is, you know, a thousand bucks, like, right, you just you don't, I'll tell you, that's the first marker to me that I would say, Oh, that influencer is not worth it. Like, they're not doing their market research. They're not coming to the table, prepared to have a, a negotiation, right? So right. don't give so don't give that vibe out, right? Like, <laughs> give out the vibe that you've got, you know, a lot of market research at mm -hmm. your fingertips, and you can preach all day about, you know, how much you're worth, and why you're worth it. Um, but to further the question about uh, media kits, I just think that it's a little antiquated. Um, mm -hmm. If it were up to me, to be honest, I just think that like, I'd rather look at your last couple weeks of posts and right. your last few weeks of, of videos, because it is a crazy time out there right now. And like, it's, it's, I get the concept of wanting to take a snapshot of who you are and like put right. it out there into the world. And there's value in that, of course. But to be honest, I'd rather people be a little bit more innovative, like put an area on your website, um, right. like, think a bigger picture, like put an area on your website where that's the link to it, not a PDF where I can't find out more about you and click here, click there, click everywhere um, to, to just learn more as I like deep dive into who you are. Um, and plus, like your numbers theoretically are changing so frequently that they always just seem a little bit out of date unless you are putting that much work into constantly updating them. And that's a waste of your time. <laughs> right. So definitely. So yeah, that's those are my two cents on on media kits, but they're necessary. <laughs> I know it's like a necessary evil sometimes. But yeah, I love yeah. that perspective. And as she said, it's really only 
hurting you if you go out there and say, this is my rate for an Instagram post, right? Because it's going to change so much depending on what the brand is, what the category is. You know, if it's someone who um, you might be able to do a longer term partnership with, or if it's one off post, there's so many things and so many variables that go into that pricing. So you want to make sure that the rate that you're putting out there is going to be specific for that client or that program. Um, and this actually goes with a question that we got in the questions box. As a manager, how do you determine rates? Do you set them by follower tier or do you price for each client individually before pitching them? So this goes, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, Jesse, too, um, a few ways. I think a lot of the times there's a preset budget that an agency is working with. And so they're really looking to either fulfill a certain number of influencers within that budget or it's priced specifically for you know, maybe five larger talent or something like that, that you have historic rates for or something like that. So follower count matters just in that you're really looking to see what kind of reach and influence you have, but that really goes hand in hand with your engagement rate, right? If you have a million followers, but you only get 30 comments or, you know, no one clicks on any of the links you're sharing, that is not as effective as someone with, I don't know, 10,000 followers who has a 20% engagement rate and 500 people buy a product from them, right? So there's so much more to that story. I would say follower count is just kind of like that first vanity metric that usually can indicate some sort of influence over an audience. Uh, Jesse, do you have thoughts on that when it comes to pricing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that the short answer is that every influencer should be priced differently. There, yeah. There's you know, like, sure, we can, there's a starting point where you could say, okay, this person is, you know, uh, a micro influencer, this person is a micro, right. a, a macro influencer, and that sort of like gets you within a range. Um, right. But then once you've got that point, there is so much else to consider up until even the brand itself, who's inquiring, because even to my earlier point, I would never quote, you know, a Walmart or a Target right. or something, you know, that has a huge budget, the same as the mom and pop shop. So that's right. really important to note. Um, I think that, you know, the other piece that I've experienced, you know, work getting to the holiday season is a, is a great thing to point out. And so yeah. some of my clients, that's, I mean, most influencers, that's their busiest time of year, um, where they have to be a little bit more selective. Yep. Um, and so, you know, they might have to say, you know, I love working with you, but like, let's revisit this in January, if your budget's a little lower, because at this point, I, you know, this is my busiest time of year, my yep. time is limited. And that's another point that of value. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing, you know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs, too. Higher-paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep? Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. ...that you can associate mm -hmm. to your work. Um, I also think that when it comes to pricing... Um, it's just very important to fundamentally know your value. Mm -hmm. um, the, the thing is, is that, you know, from a brand's perspective, to your point, Laura, is that the brands and the agencies advise the brands on about how much they, yep. sh how much budget they should put forth. 
um, based on impressions that they're looking to get, right? Um, but if it's if they're working with an agency, I find that it's usually a, a better situation because any middleman is going to understand the other side or middle woman is going right. to <laughs> understand the other side a little bit more, right? Um, and so you can have those conversations where it's like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's a busier time of year for this person or their engagement is through the roof or they mm -hmm. just like went, you know, viral or got a really great piece of press and you can have right. those more specific conversations and then negotiate to say, you know, I know that your budget is limited, but why don't I take the spot of what you originally deemed for two influencers so I can yeah. grab more of that budget, but I will give, I will give you you know, that amount of impressions plus more. Exactly. Or let's, or let's do two rounds of content instead. Yep. And so again, it's more of a collaborative conversation um, because hopefully that manager really knows the strengths of that talent and they could sort of work with the potential partners to mm -hmm. maximize that partnership as much as possible. Exactly. And I think that's very important as well. You know, even when we are... I think that's especially true the larger you get, but even when we are working with more micro-influencers, we really try and showcase why the talent is perfect for this campaign or this brand, you know? So if you're an influencer who's worked on a campaign with us, you've probably had to fill in, you know, a ton of questions about why you would be a good fit, you know, share your recent data about link clicks or whatever that may be. And that's because we really want to pitch you to the client in the best way we can. And ex everything Jesse's saying is exactly, exactly what you should be striving for when you are pitching yourself because, Yes, we usually have a budget that we're working with, but there are so many things that can influence that, especially if you're the right fit. Um, on the flip side of that, Jesse, I would love to hear your take on this. I saw a question um, about asking or accepting low rates. So I, I see this a lot on our end for gifting. Like, should I accept a gifting campaign if I'm a newer influencer? Is that hurting the industry as a whole and for other influencers? I would love your thoughts on that. And then I can kind of chat about gifting and, and newer influencers. Um, again, I, I, I have a pretty strong opinion about this and I would say, yes, it is hurting the industry as a whole. I think that there is a level of following a level of engagement. I just saw mm -hmm. someone in the group say I'm new and learning. Like we need more of you guys in this industry. And so please, I love that you're here and you're open to learning. There are always the beautiful thing about, you know, working influencers is always going to be like the next generation, the new crop. Yep. Exactly. And those, and, and those are the people that should be sort of earning their keep by, you know, accepting some product in exchange for a post. Um, the only caveat to that <laughs> is even if you're a micro influencer, I always, I always, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I don't know. I always um, hedge a little bit, right? I would say like, we're always, we're, we're very, you know, we're happy to accept this generously gifted product. Um, and if it fits, you know, if we're able to promote it, we will, but mm -hmm. sort of hedging exactly. just a little bit to at least always communicate that right. the, the norm should be that this is paid advertising guys. Like, if I'm not gonna, if I'm gonna post about something and not get paid for it, I'm gonna post about whatever the freak I right. want, right? Exactly. Like, I'm gonna post about something that I really believe in. I'm gonna post about, you know, something that that really, you know, that I have full control over. Because that's the mm -hmm. other thing that I've seen that blows my mind, right. which is when, which is when you know, brands say, oh, here's a gift. Can you just post it for free? Right. And, and it's like, do 10 in-feed posts and five stories. And, and then, <laughs> yes. And then they'll be like, 
okay, sure, maybe it's a brand they love. Maybe it's they're just having a good day and feel like being generous and giving back whatever the reason. And then these people get taken advantage of. And yep. then these these brands are some of the most demanding ones I've seen. Exactly. They're, like nothing is free, guys. Let's be honest about that. And just and and look, if you're past a certain threshold where I would say, to be honest, like, you're like, you've got 10,000 followers mm -hmm. or above, like, let's put a number on it. If you've got 10,000 followers or above on any one platform, I would say don't accept gifting because that, in my opinion, for yep. what it's worth, that brand is never going to come back to you and pay. They're just not. Why? Because they got it for free. So right. That's just my yeah. No, I love all of that. And I'm exactly aligned. We actually um, just revamped some of our micro tiers even. And if you have at least 5k on Instagram, we and it's a guaranteed post that you have to share, we're paying you for that. So we definitely make sure to advocate on that end a because, you know, we want to make sure that it's not just something where they're a being undervalued and be like, you know, being put to work, all right, let's get these posts out. But we want to make sure it's a beneficial transaction for both parties, because that's what's really going to shine through in the content, right. For and sure. I love what Lizette dropped in the in the uh, comments here. She said, I would always recommend that influencers say that they're new learning and growing their portfolio so that they don't hurt veteran influencers, right? I think it's 100%, you know, okay, if you are growing, you have maybe, you know, one to 5k followers, and you are trying to get some clients to add to your portfolio, right? Some content that you can have on your page and show brands how you can actually bring their product to life. But make mm -hmm. sure that you are raising your hand and saying, hey, like, I'm just getting going. I would love to work together. I love your brand. And make sure that you're leaving that door open to ask for money later on, right? And I think you can do that by following up and saying, I got this many engagements on this post. You know, did you see a lift in sales? Anything like that, because you can take that back to the brand and then renegotiate, you know, I think I that will leave you in a much better place for future partnerships. And I will add something to that as well. If whatever, look, there are a million other situations that like we can't generalize and cover in this Instagram Definitely. live. But if you are in a position where you're like, no, this makes sense for me to accept this for free, then you need to get value from this. And that is right. not a pair of shoes. The value right. should maybe it's a free car. Be, okay, maybe it's a free car. I take a free card. Right. <laughs> but like no shame in that game either. And if it's a free pair of shoes for you that makes your day, like no shame in that game. But Definitely. what I will what I will say is in addition to that, what you should get are metrics. Yeah. Metrics, metrics get that person to give you like feedback on how you did get a testimonial, get, you know, uh, get, get a connection, get, you know, get more exposure on their Instagram page. Yep. Like there is always value to be exchanged. That is not always monetary. So if you do find yourself in this situation, definitely get some value returned to you. Absolutely. And Yamaya just dropped in the chat as well. Tracking links helps. I think anytime you can get back to the brand and I, I think I saw a comment, what can you do if you have less than 10 K, but you've done so many gifting opportunities, go back to the brands with those metrics, right? Show the results that you drove. And you can even take that data to new brands that you want to pitch as well, right? Even if you haven't worked with them, you can say, Hey, this is how I did on a past fashion campaign. And this is the, these are the results I can drive for your brand. I think those are all really sound um, pieces of advice for you. Um, amazing. I love this conversation. I did want to jump quickly back to um, specific influencer pay gap items here while we wait for some more questions to come in. I would love to talk about the account at influencer pay gap. 
Um, what do you think of community generated accounts like this that are popping up lately? I think this one probably popped up right around the Black Lives Matter movement once all of this, you know, came back to the surface uh, most recently. Do you think these accounts are helpful in moving towards a more equitable influencer landscape? I would love to hear your thoughts and then I can share my um, two cents as well. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to hearing your two cents as well. Um, and everybody else, like, please, you know, yes. in the comments, I want to hear what everybody thinks. But I'll kick it off. Um, my two cents are like conversation and exposure about different topics is only going to be beneficial. Yeah. Um, so go for it. Have at it. Um, the fact that it's got like 40 something thousand followers that yeah. account right now shows you that there's certainly an interest in it. There's certainly a problem um, mm -hmm. or else this wouldn't have sort of really blown up as much right. as it has. Um, so that's good. Um, but with most great ideas, um, there need to be tweaks, right? And that's only natural. So, you know, when I see some of those posts go up, which if any of you are unfamiliar, it's an account where they will accept DMs from influencers all around the world, they think, um, mm -hmm. and they just share details of partnerships that they've been approached with so you know the request would be you know one instagram post for like 100 bucks and they have this amount of following this amount of engagement etc cetera, etc cetera. um i think that the more details the better um because i think that sometimes i look at them and i just to your point in the beginning of this conversation even it's like there's a lot to pricing um right. and and there's a lot to glean from that so I, I, I would love it. I, I appreciate that it's synonymous because that gives people the, a space to come forward and feel comfortable. But that gets dangerous because mm -hmm. what I would really love to happen is to have people be able to ask follow-up questions in the yep. comments perhaps and then be able to get answers on those to just be able to create a more full conversation about it. Um, because they're always, no matter how flat you make a pancake, there's always <laughs> two sides. Definitely. And you need to get the full picture to really have an opinion on it. Um, so I guess I wish the anonymity part was less anonymous. I think that it should be anonymous if people choose to. Um, right. Because I think there are definitely certain influencers who just would never speak up if it couldn't be anonymous. So I totally understand that. But I would encourage people, look, you got to be you got to get a little uncomfortable to make change. Too. Exactly. Um, and I think that uh, the more people are brave enough to be a little uncomfortable and the more that people can really speak up and just be honest, I think that we'll see more change happen. So yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts? I'm I'm really excited to hear from you. Definitely, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think on the positive side, I liken it to the conversation of um or the idea that you should never share what you're making with your peers, right? And I think that's kind of antiquated in the sense that you know, of course, you know, money can be taboo to talk about, but there have been moments in my past where I found that you know, coworkers who were on the same level as me or even above me were making so much less. And it's just because we've never had a conversation of, okay, well, this is, we're doing the same amount of work, you know, what are you being paid for this? And I think there are, of course, pros and cons to that. But I think the same rings true in influencer marketing. If 
we aren't able to see what rates other influencers are getting, it's hard to know how much to ask for, right? And it's hard to know if you're getting a good deal or getting jet. So I love that this is a conversation starter, but I do agree that there needs to be some sort of next step, right? It's like, where do we go from here? And that's what I kind of want to end our conversation on today is where, what, what happens next, right? It's like, okay, now we know that these companies aren't there. And I, I love that some of the brands are included so that other influencers can, you know, keep their eye out and hopefully agencies working with them can educate them and help push them towards more equitable pay and, and diversity and things like that. Um, but I, I do agree that it's missing that dialogue. And I, whenever I'm in the comments on that page, I love when, you know, there's agency reps in there with influencers chatting, because on the influencer side, sometimes it can be like, oh, like, get your, get that bread, you know, go ask for more money. And then someone from the agency is like, hey, this is actually a pretty good deal based on the results of that influencer is driving. So I think there needs to be that two-way conversation that shows, you know, why certain rates are certain ways, but of course, making sure that it's not something where you're being taken advantage of, um, if that makes sense. Definitely, definitely. It looks like Lizette agrees 100% too. Conversation starters are great without context. It's a little, it has little to take away from that, right? So what can we really do to um, help people learn and grow from there? I love yeah. all of that. And, you know, I also think, this is just my opinion, of course, I think that the best way to really enact change is to, uh, to listen. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not, a, my approach is never really to put people on the defensive because of course, they're just yeah. defending themselves and they're not able to really listen. So it really has to be a two-way conversation because at the end of the day, you know, the people that need to actually make adjustments are the people at the top. Right. And so by like making those people feel, you know, something negative or like not engaging in this conversation, it's not really going to get you anywhere. It's going to maybe feel you know, it's maybe going to feel great, good in the moment to like tell somebody how upset you are and right. you have the full right to do that. But that just needs to be followed up with some more substantive like recommendations for change. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, when you have a conversation with someone, it's never it's never no. Right. It's like no. But like, here are my solutions. And I think that's so yeah. true in the workplace, but also when it comes to influencers and brands, like what is the next step there? Um, definitely agree. All right, if you guys have any more questions, feel free to drop them in. Um, but before we hop, I would just love to hear if you have any predictions or thoughts on where influencer marketing is headed next, whether related to the pay gap convo or just anything you're really excited about. I don't freaking know, this world is crazy. It changes <laughs> every day, so I don't even have an answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a guess. I mean, look, as an organization, we're really hoping for a lot of things I think we're fortunate enough to, to talk about on this chat today, which is, you know, just more conversation, mm -hmm. more collaboration. Um, because again, like we want this industry to be here in 20, 30 yep. years from now. And, you know, it's difficult to, to think about it in those terms, especially because influencer marketing is something that has pretty much always been done at scale, you right. know, and so you are working with so many different variables in your everyday life, burnout is real. And so, you know, with all mm -hmm. those factors that do legitimately need to be taken into consideration, we still need to pause and have mm -hmm. conversations like this. We yep. still need to pause and make space 
to, you know, to bring up things that are a little uncomfortable to talk about for the sake of that longevity. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel like we're in this culture sometimes where, you know, again, maybe unpopular opinion, but I feel like we're in a culture sometimes of just thinking about yourself. Um, and just knowing that, you know, the foundation that influencer marketing was based on is about community. It's about like social networking, right? Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, in that same spirit, if you want to be an influencer who is just, you know, talking at the computer or talking at everybody else, that's one way of going about it. I, I haven't, re I don't really relate to accounts like that. Personally, I really relate to accounts where they've cultivated a community of people that have similar interests, similar passions, and they support each other. Um, yep. in, in a similar vein, you know, you're creating brand partnerships, it's called partnership. Yeah, very intentionally. <laughs> right. And so I feel like there, you know, I, I hope that more people come to the table, encouraged to collaborate, encouraged to, you know, show that like, this is what I could do for you. This is what you could do for me. And like, let's make this successful together. And if we do, yeah. it's just gonna benefit everybody and create more long partnerships, more ambassadorships, more healthy relationships. Um, and so I really love to see that moving forward. Yeah, 100%. I love all of that. And I think there was this moment at the beginning of the pandemic where people were like, is influencer marketing dead? Like, what's going to happen? And of course, it isn't, you know, of course, it was one of the only ways that brands could reach their followers while everyone was at home. So I think, you know, a mix of things like that, where the industry is forced to stop, think and innovate, along with the and added transparency and added level of transparency, I think that's just going to make the industry so much better so much more conversational and just, you know, make it a win-win for both sides. Because again, it's influencer marketing, right? It should be about the influencers as much as it is about driving results for brands. Um, amazing. I've loved this combo. I see some questions about um, getting into this field. We might have to have a whole nother live about both of our career paths and how we got here. We can definitely have that conversation. Um, but Jesse, what do you have coming up at WIM and what are some ways people can get involved? So we have so much coming up, which is really, really exciting. And I just want to thank you guys all again for showing up today. Yes. Um, we've gotten really good questions. So thank mm -hmm. you guys so much. So um, great. So yeah, definitely. So um, at WIM, we have a reimagined membership. Uh, we've got over like, uh, we're approaching 3,000 women in our private Facebook community, which is really, really exciting for us. Um, and we're about to launch a brand new membership, bringing more resources, more tools to our members. Um, so you can always check out our website. It's IamWim.com. I can drop that in the chat, um, but it's DoubleI.com. Um, and we've always got a great podcast where we have uh, a lot of – it's all industry guests. Uh, we've only had one man on the show ever. <laughs> And so it's mostly women. <laughs> I can probably say it's all women, pretty much. Um, and we're talking about things like our career paths and how we got to influencer marketing. And, you know, just we, last week, we were talking about the social dilemma, that Netflix documentary. We talked Love about, you know, that. yeah, I mean, that gave me all kinds of feels <laughs> that the documentary did. Oh, my gosh, not in the best way. But <laughs> it's an important conversation to talk to. I think it's a theme of today, right? You got to be a little uncomfortable to make good changes. Um, yep. 
And so, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. But at the, the, to sum it all up, we're here to support women who are in this industry, um, just like you guys are. So I feel like that's why this is like the perfect conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. You know, we're the Influence Her Collective. And of course, we're always inclusive. Men are more than welcome. But our mission is to really uplift women in this space. Um, you know, especially if you're thinking about traditional media. I know when I was in school, which feels long ago for me, but some of you might not think it was, <laughs> um, was that media is such a male dominated space, right? You know, you see the news broadcasters and all of that. And I think influencer marketing is such a great platform, especially for women to take the lead in. So our mission is to really further that um, and uplift everyone. So definitely a perfect alignment. I've loved this conversation. Great to see that you all want to have more sessions like this as well. We can definitely have some stuff in the works. Um, and if you're not a member of the IHC yet, feel free to check out our site or hit us up on Instagram. We're always looking for new influencers as well as brands to partner with. Um, and be sure to check out WIM for all of their amazing podcasts and resources, especially those of you who are looking to get a job in the space or start your career. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. This was such an important and engaging conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with everyone. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments. So comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Do you know how many files your employees have uploaded, downloaded, emailed, airdropped, slacked, or shared via Google Drive today? A lot of that data has left your organization and you don't even know it. Visit Code42.com to learn how Insider prevents data exfiltration.